What's up, guys? My name is Garrett. My co-host is Andrew, and this is the Highly Undisputed Fantasy Football Podcast. Week three, in the books. A lot of injuries, a lot of players having a lot of touchdown, a lot of multiple touchdown games about a lot of players this week. Hopefully, you didn't have to play Josh Allen or Emmanuel Sanders in a you know in a tag team on that one. Hopefully, you avoided the injuries, got the win. But as always, on today's show, we've got waiver pickups, injuries, who's hot and who's not. Andrew, what's going on? Oh, it's been a rough, rough week three for me come fantasy football time. So you are now one and two in our main league. You're doing well in the dynasty. You are undefeated. I am three and oh in the dynasty. We just started that this year. I am one and two in both of my main leagues. And in my work league, I am also undefeated. So it's been a little, it's been... Two leagues are good, two leagues are bad. I'm not panicking quite yet, but trying to work it up to be a little more confident in my team, and it's just tough. So I am two and one in our main league. I am one and two in the dynasty, but as you all know, I went with the rookie team. I am probably not going to win anything for about three years. And in ninety percent of my other leagues, I'm either three and oh or two and one in my other eleven leagues that I am a part of. So Pretty successful season for me so far. I've been riding the Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler train right into the win column that that really has been pulling me through. You last night had to watch Dallas Goddard get you really close to a win and come up short in the end. That was that was really fun to watch, to be I honest. I needed 100 yards and then the bonus or 40 and or 60 and a touchdown. I basically just needed 12 points out of Dallas Goddard last night to get the win. And I didn't get that. And luckily, I didn't get that with Zach Ertz on my bench either. So I, I wasn't too upset. For me, to, for me to be able to win in week three, I needed to start the Chargers defense and start Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz was a just, I'm not starting you over Dallas Goddard until I see you are taking over this offense. And so I realistically had no chance of winning in week three in, in our main league. So I'm not too mad, but... Lucky for me, I closed out my win on Sunday. And I still had Ezekiel Elliott to go on Monday night. And he's back. Zeke's back. I was feeling really good after last night. They're definitely splitting carries with him and Pollard right now, but Zeke is definitely the goal line back, and he's getting most of the work early on in the game and late in the game if it's close. The backup running back, Ezekiel Elliott, is is great. That's just all you need to know. All right, well, you already mentioned the Eagles, so let's jump right into this first topic that I think that we really should go over. I have four teams here, all with struggling offenses and some pretty high-quality caliber players on those offenses that would be the Eagles the Bears the Falcons and the Steelers is it time in your opinion for a fire sale so let's go team by team you want to start with the Eagles sure let's go with the Eagles first Eagles um so the players that we would probably be talking about here would be Miles Sanders Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts Dallas Goddard as well let's throw him in there and I think those are probably the four that anybody would have. So if you're a, a league where you don't have mandated multiple tight end requirements, I would hold on to Dallas Goddard. If you have a bench spot available, hold on to him because I haven't heard anything about the trade talk stopping or furthering for the Eagles. But I still feel like if Zach Ertz is going to perform as much as he is, there's no point in them having Dallas Goddard, who's fully capable of being a, a starting tight end on a team, and Zach Ertz, who was also could be capable of being a starting tight end. So just to add on that, last night, 
Zach Ertz was on the field for 53% of the Eagles' offensive snaps. Dallas Goddard was 50%. So they basically split time. And on, and on Zach Ertz's touchdown catch, they both were on, on the field. Zach Ertz just was on the weaker side of the defense for the Cowboys, so he got the touchdown. I am... Personally, I have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I'm trying to get rid of one of them for a better tight end because I'm just... I can't pick and choose to who to start every single week, and I'm not worried about that. But if you if you have a spot on your bench available and you can go pick up a guy who we will talk about in a few in a few segments, go ahead and keep him on your bench because if he gets traded, he's a viable start every single week. Because Dallas Goddard is still a very good tight end. The Mannings were even saying yesterday. Chris Long had said it that Goddard is is can be a great tight end without a tight end behind him. Devontae Smith is just as capable as Jalen Hurts is, and last night he looked very rough. He did not look like a competent quarterback. He, I don't know if it was the Cowboys' defense was getting it to him or... He kept falling down. Four times last night he fell down. One resulted in a pick six. So I don't know if last night was just he hadn't played on that kind of turf before. I, I don't know what was going on. He had the wrong studs in. Whatever it was, rough night for Devontae Smith. I would not be selling my Devontae Smith stock. I would not. Rookie wide receivers, hopefully you didn't take him as a guy that you're starting every single week. If you did, I well, maybe you probably should be trying to sell. But if he's not a starter for you, I wouldn't be too concerned. Miles Sanders is where my concern is. I have been out on Miles Sanders since before the draft. He was a do not draft for me. I'm not a fan. I think he's injury prone. And last night, he got two carries. Two of them for 27 yards. Four four targets in the passing game for twenty eight yards, but that's not good. That is not anybody that I'd want on my team. That's basically an RB four. That's yeah. basically an RB four. It's I would have been trying to sell Miles Sanders after week one because he had a very good week one. Since then, not so much. I don't know what you're gonna be able to get for him, but if you can get a decent running back two for Miles Sanders, assuming he's your running back two, which I hope he would be if he's on your team. Then, then go for it because anything's better than Miles Sanders at this point. I, I would say Kenneth Gainwell is the guy to go get, but he only got one carry in that offense yesterday. So, I want to say that the Cowboys' defense is just good, and the Eagles played a bad game. But I feel like the week one and two for the Eagles, where they looked impressive, was a little bit of a fluke. And let's move on to the guy that runs the offense, Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts to start the season was ranked inside the top fifteen on just about every fantasy site for a for a quarterback. And I still think that in most circumstances, he's still a top 15 quarterback. I, I'm i not ready to sell. They're still going to be trailing a lot in games. He gives you a lot with the legs. You know, he did run, I don't know how many yards he had last night. I think it was like 37 yards on the ground. I might be wrong on that, but it was it was somewhere in that ballpark. He had 35. 35 yards, yeah. I, I'm not giving up on Jalen Hurts yet. It's still early in the season. It's a new offense. But I think the problem with that offense fantasy wise with the skill guys is there's too many guys and they're spreading it around like Jalen Waddles getting touches Rager. or not Jalen Jalen Rager sorry Quez Watkins gets touches there's two tight ends right now Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders and then Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts can run the ball yes and Hurts can run the ball so there's a lot of mouths to feed and it's it's not a good enough of an offense where all of them are viable like Tampa Basically, every player on the Tampa offense you can have. Not every guy on the Eagles offense is even startable. 
So it's hard to value which one is which, but I still think Jalen Hurts has a lot of value moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he he still threw 25, 25 passes, or 39 passes, 25 completions for 326 yards. Also had two touchdowns and two interceptions on top of those 35 rushing yards. That's a very good quarterback week. And, our, and I mean, in our league, stats are bumped up, but that's still a decent quarterback. He's ranked in the top 10 right now. Is he a must start every single week? I don't think so, but he's not a guy that I'm willing to say, "Hey, I'll I'll give you I'll take trash for him or I'll drop him." He's a guy that's going to give you production. What scares me a little bit is his schedule. This week he has Kansas City. Okay, that's fine. Their defense has looked bad. Week 5 he has Carolina. Their defense has looked good. 9, 10 and 11, he has the Chargers, Denver and the Saints. And then I mean Week 13, he has the Jets, and they're ranked high right now, but that's his, because teams are just blowing them out. His playoff schedule is pretty favorable. Washington, the Giants, and then Washington again. And the Washington defense was vastly overrated. I think we, we all pretty much saw that against the Bills this week. I mean, their offense isn't amazing, but it's not like the the Washington defense was you know on the field the entire game, and yeah, they Washington just got shredded. Washington is ranked last against the quarterback yeah, right now. Th- they got shredded. So let's let's jump to the Bears because I I think there's really only two players on the Bears that we're really even discussing, and I think it's Allen Robinson and then David Montgomery. What is your now? Allen Robinson right now currently has 84 receiving yards on the season. I believe he has seven catches for 84 yards. I think that was the number. Is it time to dump Allen Robinson? I don't know. It, it's so tough. If Justin Fields is the quarterback for the rest of the year. Yes. Take what you can get for Allen Robinson and cut your losses and just say, hey, I made a mistake. Because, I mean, Allen Robinson is a very good, very good wide receiver with Andy Dolan, and he has severe upside, and I'm not taking that away from him. But with Justin Fields, it's just, it's non existent. Fields can't go through his reads. He couldn't even get, he could get one, he had one net total passing yard after the sacks went into his total. That's not good. I think. I think the Bears were forced into rushing Justin Fields with the Andy Dalton injury. And, I mean, let this be a note to the 49ers. Like, hey, and you could say this about Ayuk and and Samuel and Kittle. Like, you should be a little bit scared if an announcement comes up to where Trey Lance is the quarterback because I just don't like what is coming from the rookie quarterbacks this year. And I don't know if David Montgomery so much I'm worried about because he can still run the ball. So let's do the the Montgomery stats because this is kind of interesting for me. So week one against the Rams, he has 16 attempts for 108 yards, a touchdown, and one target for 10 yards. Week two against Cincinnati, he gets 20 carries, but only 61 yards, but then he has three catches on four targets for 18 yards. And then this week against Cleveland, 10 attempts, 34 yards, two catches for 21 yards. So every week, except, well, not every week, but every week his yards have gone down. His attempts have varied every single week, and it's surprising that he got 16 attempts against the Rams when they were down, but it seems to me like they were down and were able to get some easy yards because they just decided to run the ball and the Rams didn't want to give anything up over the top. Cincinnati basically just stopped the Steelers' run game completely yesterday, so why he... 
got 61 yards in that game, I guess I can understand they've been pretty good against the run this and year. And in these games where he's getting 61 yards, if he throws in a touchdown in there, that's a, that's a viable fantasy week. So I'm not taking that away from him. What scares me is this 10 attempts for 34 yards against the Browns. It, that that's, when when they couldn't set up anything, they couldn't set anything up in the passing game. So he, you only gave your running back ten carries. Like you only gave your running back ten carries. So how are you supposed to set up any kind of play action, any kind of movement in the pocket, any kind of bootlegs if you're not faking the run? If there's not at least a worry that you're going to run the ball, how are you going to set anything else up? So to me, I would be trying to move on David Montgomery. I'm gonna I already I already have moved on David Montgomery. I had him to start the season. I have already traded him since. I would be trying to sell. I'm going to wait a week. Uh, they have Detroit this week. It was 31st against the Rush. I'm going to let David Montgomery do what I know David Montgomery can do against this Detroit defense and sell him on a high point hoping he has like 90 yards and a touchdown or two. And then I'm trading him and I'm saying, all right, well, I waited until the very best moment to trade him. I don't want anything to do with the Bears right now. I, I, You might not even have to cut your losses because if a good week against Detroit happens, I know some people will trade for him knowing that he's one of the main guys in that offense that can't even pass. Okay, moving on to the Falcons. And let's just go through these the Falcons and the Steelers really quick. I don't want to spend a ton more time on this topic. Um, Kyle Pitts is the first one. Now, this was everyone was warned about this, the rookie tight end thing. It's a real thing. It's it's a difficult position for rookies to grasp in the league because it's completely different than college football. It's not the same. But I will say this to defend Kyle Pitts. Eight targets and six targets his first two weeks. This week, I think, was a total fluke against the Giants. He only got he three didn't targets. He a target until the fourth quarter. The, for some reason, Atlanta couldn't move. The, neither team could move the ball against their crappy defenses. So I don't understand... What was going on in that game? But Kyle Pitts, 31 yards, 73 yards, and 35 yards. If he finds the end zone at all, he's viable as a tight end. So for me, I would be saying hold the brakes on Kyle Pitts. It's too soon. You can't get rid of Kyle Pitts from where you drafted him. Unless you're getting a top-end tight end by throwing something in on your end of the deal, you can't cut your losses on Kyle Pitts. I own Kyle Pitts in one of my leagues. Have I thought about trading him at all? No, because I can't take him and say, all right, I'm going to go trade for Tyler Higby, who's inconsistent. I'm going to cut my losses on this rookie tight end who has speed. And and as of right now, and well, I'll use this to, to segue into the into the Calvin Ridley situation, right now defenses are not letting Matt Ryan throw the ball over the top of them. They're not letting Matt Ryan go deep. They're only allowing the short game to happen. Per Calvin Ridley himself, the Falcons are this close. Maybe in my in, my fingers are maybe an inch apart right now. Are this close from being from having combined and made themselves good enough and understanding the offense with Cal, Kyle Pitts in there. And once they once Matt Ryan starts finding Calvin Pitts for short yards, yard Calvin, games, Calvin Kyle, Pitts, I love it. Kyle Pitts for short yard games, they'll be all right. And then the deep ball will open up, and that'll simultaneously help Calvin Ridley. If you put Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts together and created Calvin Pitts. They'd be a fantasy viable starter every week. I mean, based on their numbers, they would be there. Calvin Ridley has seen eleven targets. Has saw eleven targets on Sunday and twenty nine through three games. I'm not worried about Calvin Ridley as a Calvin as Ridley, a Calvin Ridley owner. Right as now. a Calvin Ridley owner, okay. I traded for him after week one. I am not worried one bit about what's about to happen. I'm look. It's Calvin Ridley. He's the guy in that in that offense with Kyle Pitts behind him. I'm not worried. He sees a touchdown in any of these games that he's had, like he did in week two. He's good. 
He's he's very good as your wide receiver one. Last week he had 63 yards and a touchdown for 12.3 points in non-PPR on top of seven receptions. In PPR, that's 19.3 points. That's a great week out of Calvin Ridley. Last week, if he sees the end zone, that's 12.1 points on eight targets in a PPR league. That's over 20 points. I am happy with that. So in standard leagues right now, he's not looking so good because he's not getting you touchdowns. We are a standard league. I'm still not worried about it. His time will come. He'll get the deep ball like he did last year. All of the Falcons team, I'm not worried about it. All of the Falcons pass catchers, I'm not worried about. We don't really need to talk about the running backs at the moment. We already did, we discussed the running backs last week. If you want to hear about the Atlanta Falcons running back situation, see last week's fantasy football podcast. We discussed Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson as pickups, drops, trades. We've already gone through that. I'm not going to do it again. The last thing, very briefly, we talked about the Steelers yesterday on the regular podcast. I I am all in on the Ben Roethlisberger is washed up. It's over. It's done. I think there's too many weapons in Pittsburgh for any of the wide receivers to be wide receiver one value, obviously. I think Deontay Johnson does have wide receiver two value, but as for everybody else, I'm pretty sure it's just a flex option at this point. I think Deontay Johnson is the only receiver in the Pittsburgh offense that you can start week to week. I don't know. Not even Juju is a flex, though. Not week to week. I, I mean, I, he he still has I, he's had a consideration for a flex. You know, week to he week, still averaged like six catches and about seventy yards in I, the two weeks. Other than this week, because he had bruised ribs and he left the game early. If but. I have Deontay Johnson, he's ninety five percent of the time going to be. I'm putting him in the. I'm putting him in my lineup, and I'm not even thinking about it. Juju, there's at least a thought there. Flex play for Juju, of course, but there's also flex upside for for Chase Claypool on the other end. But real quick on Najee Harris, is it time to sell? I don't know. If if Deontay Johnson and Juju are going to be out again this week, I don't think so. There's there's too much upside in the receiving game for Najee Harris. They have Green Bay this week. It's probably going to be a rough week, but when they're down by a lot, what happened this week? Najee put up 14 receptions on 19 targets for 102 yards. So if if they start seeing, oh, ben ben, Big Ben's just checking down to Najee Harris, somebody's going to be open deep, whether it's James Washington or Ray Ray McLeod, depending on who's out. If Juju and... and Deontay Johnson are there. It's going to be Deontay and Juju way down along with Chase Claypool. But I just I don't think it's time to sell on Najee. If you can get very good value in a trade right now for Najee, do it. But don't I don't think it's time yet. The rushing game for Najee is almost non-existent. So, but I mean, look at these PPR points. Nineteen in, in standard alone, he had nineteen point two with a hundred yards and, and the bonus for reaching hundred yards. In PPR points, he added 14 more points along with bonuses for receptions. That's great. He's the number one right running back this week in PPR leagues. I'm fine with that. And if if there's the upside of all of that passing game because the Steelers are going to be down, I'll take that any day of the week. Before we jump into the injuries, let's just start with the, probably the biggest injury of the week, Christian McCaffrey going down with a hamstring injury against the Texans. Obviously, if you have Christian McCaffrey, you probably took him with a top two or top three pick. Most likely, it was the number one pick in your league. Hopefully, you already have Chuba Hubbard on your roster. If you don't have Chuba Hubbard on your roster, he definitely should be your number one waiver wire pickup. He should be the number one waiver wire pickup in just about every single league for anybody, even if you don't have Christian McCaffrey. If you have a fab league where you have to wager money, or I'm sorry, not wager money, but... Bid. Put a bid in. 
I would say that you should be putting in about $35 to $40 max for Chuba Hubbard. Because here's the thing. CMC, it sounds like this is going to become a recurring thing with him. He was injured last year. He missed some time. He came back. He re-injured his body again. We're in week three. He has a hamstring issue. He's expected to miss a couple weeks. Hamstrings tend to linger. I would say that Chuba Hubbard just became not public enemy number one per se, but public interest number one because I think he's probably the most gettable running back you're going to be able to get this season, to be honest. I would be 100% trying to roster Chuba Hubbard in every single league I can get him in. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to have the workload that that CMC always always sees, but he was in the game for 40 snaps against the Texans on Thursday. All he needs is 80% of the workload. If he gets 80% of the workload that Christian McCaffrey normally has, he's Mike Davis from last year, and Mike Davis was a top 17 running back every single week. That's at minimum on RB2 every single week. So if you get him for three weeks... Oh, well, you got him for three weeks, but that could be three weeks that save your season while you're waiting for Christian McCaffrey to come back. That's that's a desperate move. You need to be spending the money on him. You need to be picking him up. You need to be doing whatever it takes in your league. And if you have the number one waiver pickup in your league this week, that's the guy you should be adding. Because I'm telling you right now, even if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, whoever does have Christian McCaffrey is going to want him. And I would be sending him in a trade package. So we mentioned that injury. Andrew, why don't you... Take us through the rest of the list of injuries for this week, and we can discuss any that are pretty mi- pretty major. It has been a big week for injuries. Patriots running back James White has a hip injury and could miss significant time, potentially out for the entire year. A hip subluxation? Subluxation. Usually, I don't even know what that is. But. I'm pretty sure I've heard that one before, and that's usually an end-of-the-season kind of thing. I expect him to go on IR. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook didn't practice or play in week three with an ankle injury. I expect him to be be back in week four. Uh, Deontay Johnson didn't play in week three with a knee injury. I think his upside to play this week is very, very low. I don't know how that's going. I haven't seen any updates come Tuesday. Oh, he scheduled the practice this week. Yeah, this week, actually, just just saw that. So there is upside to him play this week, along with Juju, who also left in week three with a rib injury. I think there's upside for him to play as well. Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown has a hamstring issue and was, was removed from his team's week three game very early. That's scary. This one bothers me. This is probably the biggest one other than McCaffrey. A.J. Brown keeps having these nicks, kind of like Julio's. It's so funny that him and Julio are on the same team because this has been the Julio Jones thing for the last five years, and it seems to me like A.J. Brown is going to constantly have these things bothering him. If he's not available to go next week, I would seriously consider moving him off of your team if you have him. I would because... That's such a risk every single week to have him play and then potentially have to come out. I would be trying to move him and see what I can get for him. Bears quarterback Justin Fields has a finger injury of some type. I don't know what it is. I just saw it after that game. I just think that's a that's a, the Browns are in his head and he's still seeing ghosts come Tuesday. Uh, Sterling Shepard left, left the week three game early and didn't return due to a hamstring injury. Darius Slayton also left with a hamstring injury in that same game. Rams running back. You want to say you, you didn't mention Kenny Galladay either. Kenny Galladay got banged up. He's expected to miss practice this week. Yeah, it's rough to be a Giants wide receiver right now. Rams running back Daryl Henderson missed week three with a rib injury. Uh, Broncos wide receiver KJ Hamler is out for the season with a knee injury. 
So look to pick up Cortland Sutton, who will now benefit even more with the Broncos wide receiver injuries. Uh, uh, there was also a trade this week, just to finish off this segment. Tight end Dan Arnold was sent to the Jaguars. What kind of fantasy implications does that have? Well, I guess Tommy Tremble becomes maybe a little bit more fantasy viable. As far as Dan Arnold to the Jaguars, I mean, I don't know. Does yeah. does anybody here? You want some Dan Arnold? I guess you can probably get him for a dollar or zero dollars. And I doubt you'll have to worry about a waiver claim on him. I'm pretty sure you could just, unless you're like that desperate at tight end. I mean, I feel like if you're in a ten team league, you probably have a solid tight end. You don't need Dan Arnold or Tommy Tremble. But who am I? You know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just a guy with Tyler Higby, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's go into some waiver pickups after the injuries here. You mentioned a couple teams that are going to have some players available. Let's just start off real quick with Kirk Cousins because I think we've mentioned him already. But if you're looking to stream quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins is definitely a guy that you should be using, not every week, but when the matchups are favorable. I, I just wanted to mention really quick, he's only rostered in about 61% of online leagues. So he's pretty available out there. And if you're in anything more than a 10-team, you definitely be, should be trying to add Kirk Cousins as a as a solid number two quarterback. Yeah, I almost think Kirk is a... You could start him every single week. He's looked good. He hasn't thrown any interceptions this year thus far. I'm very confident in Kirk Cousins. I like the offense he's in with K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. You got Alexander Madison and Delvin Cook now, and you got... They're tight end. He's playing. Oh, Tyler Conklin also is coming out and looking very fantastic for this team. I added him this morning. Already picked up. Thank you very much. I want every piece of that Vikings offense right now. Not every piece. KJ Osborne is still a little bit of a uh, a rough wide receiver start. In Dynasty Leagues, I already have him, so I'm not worried about that. But yes, Tyler Conklin is a tight end I'm looking looking to pick up in a situation where I don't have one. So Chuba Hubbard, we already mentioned. I only think there's really one running back this week that I think can be viable at all in any kind of league. To start, yes. To pick up, there is one more. I don't know if you have him written down. So I only have, I'm pretty sure you don't even have this guy written in. I have J.J. Taylor for a deep PPR league. Um, he's going to be replacing James White in the Patriots offense, which is a pretty solid role. And if you are in a PPR league of probably 12 teams or more, I would definitely be adding J.J. Taylor. He, he's probably going to average like six to seven catches a week. For that team, they use the running back spot a lot. Um, the last running back that I have is somebody that has agreed with his team to be traded today. Marlon Mack has been agreed. Oh, I did not see this. With the Colts to be traded today. He's a guy that I am picking up in every single league that I have a bench spot available for because I'm assuming he's going to be going to a team where you play a solid role in the offense, i.e. maybe the Patriots. You don't think so? No, As a I Patriots don't think so. Fan? Oh, all right. No. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, J.J. Taylor. They're, they traded Sony Michelle for a reason. Even with James White going down, I think they're more than comfortable with what they have. Um, I'm really hoping it's not the 49ers. Really yeah. hoping it's not for Marlon Mack's sake, number one, because it seems like everybody the 49ers pick up gets injured, but also because I just got Trey Sermon in a trade, and I really hope that he turns out good for me. But I did not see that. That is that is news to me. Breaking news on the podcast oh. this week. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it probably was breaking news. Should have, should have entered it as that. But I'm looking right now to see if there's any potential. Oh, 
I see potentials as maybe the Rams to pick up a backup running back, maybe the Ravens to pick up another the, backup. The Rams would back. make sense to me. Daryl Henderson with that rib injury is scary and Sony Michelle looked okay this week, but they don't have any depth at that spot. I, I could see the Rams as the position for him. Yeah, and in two, just two years ago in 2019, he rushed for almost 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns as the Colts' primary rusher. Yeah, he was the fantasy pickup of the year that season because he didn't start the season on the roster, and then whoever they had got hurt, and he came in, and if you grabbed Marlon Mack, chances are you won the league. He was really big time. Yeah, I see no updates of of teams interested thus far, but this happened three hours ago, so I don't think this will happen for at least a couple more days. But just keep an eye on that. If you can pick him up, I would go pick him up now just to hope and pray he goes to a team where he'll play a decent role in, in the backfield. Now into wide receivers. There's a lot. There are a lot of wide receivers to be picked up this week. I will start it off with the, uh, sorry, the Raiders wide receiver, Hunter Renfro. He has had six plus six plus targets in the last three games with the Raiders. He is, I would say, Derek Carr's second favorite target in that offense behind Darren Waller. He's not putting up great numbers. In the first game, he had 70 yards on nine targets and six receptions. It's it's the targets, though. Yeah. They're there every week, and all he needs to find is the end zone, and he's a flex option easily. Week one, 70 yards. Week two, 57. Week three, 77 and a touchdown. With five catches. I will take that. PPR standard doesn't really matter. He's a deep flex guy. Now, do you want to jump in? Yeah, my my top wide receiver. I only have um, one, two, three, four, five receivers written down. I do have one more tight end, but we can mention him in a minute. Tim Patrick should be the number one wide receiver option for pickups this week. KJ Hamler just went down for the season. The Noah Fant experience, I'm sorry. Are we done with that yet? Can can we move past that he's a top 10 tight end for fantasy? Because it's pretty bleak. And then, obviously, Jerry Judy is still going to be out for a couple more weeks. Tim Patrick is the kind of guy that can win a week for you. He's very capable of getting a sneaky 15 points. And the targets are going to be there. They're going to have to throw. He's going to get receptions. And he's been viable in years past. So... Tim Patrick should be the number one wide receiver pickup. Still available in about 65% of online leagues. That's Yahoo, CBS, and ESPN, respectively. That's my top guy. Hunter Renfro, totally good with him. I agree. I think he's really sneaky and pretty solid. And then if you want to go with your set, if you have another one that you want to go with. I, I don't really have one, but I think if I did, it'd be Terrace Marshall. Just just pick him up in deep leagues where you have a bench spot available. That DJ Moore injury is a little scary. It didn't hinder him at all in the game. He came back in, but just keep an eye on that. Just roster him, and if you have a spot available, look for the, the Panthers' offense to be expanding more to not kill DJ Moore. That also boosts Robbie Anderson's stock in the near future. So that's just a, a deeper pickup I have at the wide receiver position. I mentioned in the open, hopefully you didn't have to play against Josh Allen and Emmanuel Sanders. Chances are you didn't have to play against Emmanuel Sanders because only rostered in less than 30% on all platforms, which is incredibly strange to me because when they signed him, it was clearly he was going to be the number two option in the offense behind Stephon Diggs. Like, all props to Cole Beasley, but, you know... Cole Beasley with the COVID situation, and then he is still just a slot receiver, and Emmanuel Sanders still has a lot of talent. Like He definitely was going to be the number two option. So why he wasn't rostered more than he is currently is kind of a shock. Cole Beasley is still seeing a a snap percent 
uh, advantage over Emmanuel Sanders in that offense, but Emmanuel Sanders does look like Josh Allen's second target after after Stephon Diggs. I mean, obviously he's not going to have two touchdown weeks every single week with another 70 yards on top of that, but definitely should be rostered. If you have a wide receiver spot open on your bench, definitely be picking him up. I have two more players, and then I have a third guy that I'm going to bring up that Andrew is not aware of this player yet. I'm going to stay with the Bills first. Just going to mention Dawson Knox. Okay, I was just about to do that, so I'm glad Okay, you did. so Dawson Knox had a touchdown again this week. He had a touchdown in the week prior. The Bills are just trying to throw on everybody. I think they're just trying to get Josh Allen the MVP. If Dawson Knox continues with the success, I would be adding him to my roster. He might be rostered in your league currently. The numbers on him were strange. Some le- some sites on ESPN, he had a high roster. Yahoo was low. CBS was kind of in the middle. So I wasn't sure really what to do with him as far as adding him to this segment because it does seem like he's rostered quite a bit. But for the most part, if he if the if the success continues and the targets stay up, you definitely should be grabbing him. I agree. Uh, my only tight end, and this is very, very, very shot in the dark. Keep an eye on, and it hurts to say because I do not like this guy. But with the wide receiver injuries on this team, two of the main three potentially missing the next game, I think Evan Ingram is a very, very, very plug-and-play start. Is that the guy you were going to say? Nope, not oh, the okay. guy. But you know what? We're going to stick right with the Giants because Kadarius Tony should be rostered. Okay. Sterling Shepard is going to miss time. Darius Slayton is going to miss time. Kadarius Tony, if you watched the Giants game, I don't know if anybody did, but if you watched him, he was on the field, looked really good running routes. He actually got open a bit. They just didn't find him. He had two catches for, I believe, 36 yards on three targets. He was active in the offense. They utilized him as a fake quite a few times. He was the 20th pick in the draft. They got him. They got to show that it works at some point. So if any time to utilize Kadarius Toney, now is the time. Evan Ingram, I understand what you're saying with that one. I don't trust him one bit. I don't trust Daniel Jones getting him the ball. I would go with Kadarius Toney if I am looking for a wide receiver option. That's fair. Uh, that is fair. Like I said, it hurts to say Evan Ingram's name. That's so funny that you mentioned Evan Ingram. I, I'm like, he's is he saying a Giants player right now? Two wide receivers are going down. I'm like, what the hell? Is it going to be Kadarius Tony? Is he going to steal my thunder on this? <laughs> and then he drops Evan Ingram. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. The, the Giants offense is just obliterated. Hamstring injury after hamstring injury after hamstring injury. Keep an eye on Giants pass catchers and Saquon Barkley especially. Like, if you can get Saquon Barkley for a low price and hope that like players are like, I'm just gonna buy high or sell high on Saquon after a, a week three performance, try to get him because he's he is the main benefactor of the three injuries in that offense. Are you ready? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So okay. Sure. So the Chiefs lost on Sunday. I think you know where this is going already. There's a player that has Hall of Fame capabilities when on the field. His name is Flash Gordon, a.k.a. Josh Gordon. He signed with the Chiefs over the weekend. They really need a third wide receiver, or a third option as a pass catcher. Michael Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson have not worked out at all. Josh Gordon should be picked up in 100% 
of ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, whatever your fantasy league is, Josh Gordon should be rostered. Assuming the demons are good and gone, he should be rostered. He's only 30 years old. The mileage on his body is not high. He, do you know what his yards per catch average is in I, his I career? Don't, but are you going to let me like rebuttal your That's fine. Over 17 yards per catch in his NFL career. If you take out all players before 1980, that would average in the top six all time of players before 19 or after 1980. Go ahead. Give, give me your rebuttal. Okay. Uh, do the Chiefs still have Tyreek Hill? Yes, they do. Do the Chiefs still have Travis Kelsey? Yes, they do. Do they uh, still have Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Okay. Um, do they still have Demarcus Robinson? Yeah. How is Demarcus Robinson done as the wide receiver two on that team? I mean, wide receiver three, basically. I'm, Travis Kelsey is your okay. wide receiver one. Wide receiver three on that team. He hasn't fared well. And I think that this is this is a good thing for Josh Gordon. I think this is why him and Hardman not having success as that role is why Josh Gordon is going to fare well. Because they haven't proven that they can A, be useful, B, do something different than what Tyreek Hill does. DeMarcus Robinson has got four targets on the max this year. He's got eight total through three through three games. I don't see a wide receiver three in that offense faring very well. I mean, it, again, if you are a big Josh Gordon guy like my co-host here is, pick him up. What's it to you? You're, you're never going to start him unless he starts to break out, so go for it. So here's where I, I disagree with your Hardman and Robinson take. Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are so similar to what Tyreek Hill does that there's not a lot of variance in that offense. Josh Gordon is a better route runner than them. He's actually a better deep ball receiver than they are because he's six foot five. He has he's huge. Like Josh Gordon, when you when you stand next to him, is like standing next to a basketball player. He's massive. I think that. What Andy Reid will be able to do with him as the third option in that offense is more is better than what he can do with Hardman and Robinson because those guys don't run a big route tree. Josh Gordon can run all the routes. He's really dynamic as a receiver. This kid was a Hall of Famer if he doesn't have his problems. And he's only 30. Every, time, every team he has played for, he has had big play success. Every team. Even that stint in Seattle when he played like six games. He still had, like, in the six games, he had 26 catches for, like, 400 and something yards. That's insane for six games of work. If he's good to go, especially in that offense, which is kind of struggling right now, if we haven't noticed, he's going to be massive for them. You know, I I can't can't agree with you based off of the performances of the wide receiver two, threes on that team. You, you've got to look I, at I, it I'm differently. I'm looking at it as he's a very, very different receiver. I agree with you there than, than McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. But we've never seen a wide receiver three in the offense of the Chiefs in the past two years with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey thrive and be a viable wide receiver start in fantasy football. I don't think that's going to change now. I will... Eat my words if I'm wrong, but until I, again, we haven't seen it. I don't think we're going to see it. You've picked up Josh Gordon in our main league. If it comes back to help you, I will shake your hand and say congratulations. But until then, I just can't agree. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that he's a definite do not pick him up because it's a waste of your time. If you have a bench spot available, why not? So I I think if you're 
two and one, three and zero oh right now. You have nothing to worry you, about. You should sure. definitely pick him up. I also think if you're really desperate, like, okay, you could go pick up Tim Patrick or Hunter Renfro, okay, and there, we know what kind of success those guys are probably going to have. It's it's a pretty standard success. I, no, no, I think that. Hang on, let me finish my point. I, I know you're shaking your head, but. Like, Tim Patrick. Is Tim Patrick really a guy that's going to be capable of, like, 25 points a game, potentially? Is is he... When he's on the field, do you look at that guy, and that guy scares defensive players? No, not really. And he's not on the Chiefs, either. Josh Gordon, when he has been on the field, has been a Hall of Fame-like player. He has big play potential, a knack for the end zone, and he potentially could end up being a wide receiver one. In... As a fantasy player, he averages being a top 20 wide receiver. Averages it. And he's missed all that time. So I would say that if you're in a desperate situation and you need a wide receiver, I think that if you could get Josh Gordon, assuming that he's going to be able to play, I think he'll end up helping you more than a Tim Patrick or a Hunter Renfro. I I don't know. What would what would scare you more if you had to if you were playing in fantasy and you're playing against players, would you be more afraid of Tim Patrick or Josh Gordon? I I don't I don't know. If I'm playing against Tim Patrick. If I'm playing against the guy that's starting Tim Patrick or Josh Gordon, who's in that Broncos offense? We just talked about KJ Hamler going down. Cortland Sutton is the only other wide receiver in that offense. We've proven that wide receiver twos in the Broncos offense can thrive. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy have been viable wide receiver options in that offense. Are you scared of Tim Patrick? Because if I'm going up against Josh Gordon... I think Gordon, Tim Patrick has higher upside to be a viable wide receiver than Josh Gordon. See, I don't think the upside with a Patrick is high. I understand the floor of Tim Patrick. That I'm good with. I, I think the floor is... 10 to 15 points a week. But you want to know what, what is scaring me on Tim Patrick? He doesn't have a Travis Kelsey and a Tyree Kill on the other side of the field. That's fine, but that also helps Josh Gordon, in my opinion, because we've seen basically three weeks now, Tyree Kill really struggle to get open because they are double covering, covering him and basically not letting him get anything. And yeah, Travis Kelsey is open all the time underneath, but Josh Gordon, again, big playability. That's what the Chiefs like to run. I think he's going to I just if I had to face either one of those, I would not want to be the guy that has to face Josh Gordon cuz he can be incredible when he's help, when he's available. You might not like this stat and you might argue with me about it. I know you will. Since coming into the league in 2017, in standard leagues, Josh Gordon has scored more than 10 points 7 times since se- in 2017. That's when the stats go back to. Okay, well that's not really fair because he only played like 4 games in 20 20- 19 he didn't play any games and i think he played one game in 2020 okay yeah so that's kind of unfair he has the one patriot season where he played in nine games for the patriots he had 747 yards 2013 was his best season yeah we know that he had 1600 yards and he led the league i i i know believe me i'm i'm the josh gordon guy here and okay since 2017 he has had seven games with over 10 points in in standard standard how many games has he played in He's. I, do you want me to count right now? I think it's probably less than 20. In 2017, he play, He started in week 13, played through. In 2018, he missed week 2 and 3. and then So the 17 was, was with the Browns, correct? Yep. 2018, he missed 2 and 3 and then 
played all the way up until week 15 and then that was with play. the Patriots. He played in 9 games. He had 704 or 947 yards and I think 10 touchdowns. 2019 he played in all but 7 8 9 and then 16 and 17. And then 2020 didn't play at all and 2021 he's on the Chiefs. Until Josh Gordon proves himself as a viable wide receiver start, I don't think I'm picking him up. If you have a bench spot available and you say, "All right, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. I have nothing to lose. But if you're a one and two guy, and I have to choose between a Tim Patrick and a Josh Gordon, I'm picking Tim Patrick. Yeah, if you're if you're one and two and you're not desperate at the wide receiver spot, sure. Yeah. Like if you're if you're one and two and your wide receivers are really bad right now, I would be picking up Josh Gordon because but, I would rather be in the Chiefs' offense so than the Broncos' sure, offense. Sure. If you're three and zero oh and you have a bench spot available, go absolutely pick up should Josh be getting Gordon him. if you want to. I'm not high on him. I know you're a Josh Gordon fan. You got to him right away. It, within within two hours minutes. of him being announced, being reinstated, you picked him up. And then he got announced to the Chiefs, what, yesterday? Saturday. 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 Yep. Like, sure. Couldn't couldn't be in a better offense. If, like I said, if he works out for you, I'll shake your hand and I'll eat my words. I don't want you to shake my hand. But if he doesn't, I'm going to say, I kind of told you so. I like Josh Gordon. He's a good guy. He's a good receiver. Just don't think he's going to be a viable wide receiver option in the Chiefs offense. If he has four games of over 15 points this season, it's a success, in yeah. my opinion. You got him on the waiver wire, of exactly. course. Exactly. Okay, let's jump into sit him and start him, because I th- I don't think we have anything else. We mentioned Kadarius Tony. We got through my special segment, which I don't know if you got pissed off, but no. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't not bring him up. I It has to be mentioned. It just does. I should have known more than anything else that that's where we were going to go. Flash. Ah. Uh, right. so good. Stardoms. I will start us off. Uh Zach Moss. He has uh he plays against the Texans this week and they are the 23rd ranked defense against running backs and allow on average 153 yards per game rushing. He has taken over the backfield after being inactive for week 1. He rushed for thir- he rushed 13 times for 60 yards against Washington this week and added three catches for 21 yards and a touchdown. I think is a very, very viable flex play and should be started this week in fantasy football. I think my I think he's just he's proved himself. Last week you traded him away for James Conner. Sure it is what it is, but if he's going to be the number one in that offense, I think he's the I think he's a very good flex play almost every single week. My second stardom, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, okay, we'll just go right through yours. Oh, you right kind of just I, waved me on to. Well, keep I was talking. gonna rebuttal your Zach Moss. A little oh, okay, bit, go just for a it. little bit. I don't have a problem with the Zach Moss because it, he's probably going to work out. I just, again, the, I traded him because of the Devin single carry thing. Eleven, eleven attempts again for Singletary. I mean, it's not like the Bills run that much. So to, for Singletary to get eleven carries again, and Zach Moss, what did he have? Thirteen, or did he have eleven? Carries? Yeah, how many carries did he have? Uh, 13. He had 13 carries. It's just so split. And Singletary does seem to be like the first down back in general. I think Moss is the second, third, and goal line back. But it seems like Singletary's on the field on first down all the time. So I still, I'm still good with the Zach Moss stardom. Uh, he just concerns me, and if you have better options, I would probably stay away from him even like still. I, you know, I don't know. But if he's your fourth guy, if he's your third running back, I wouldn't. And you, flex play, yeah, like he's a flex play. That's for what me. I said. I, said I, I don't know. Flex play and should be started. Yeah, I, I definitely don't know if I could ever start him at a one or two spot against 
and until I see that I'd he is hope, truly, I'd, I'd be hoping I'd never have to start Zach Moss as my number one running hey, back. You, you might have some really bad running backs. I mean, you never know. And then you mentioned Brandon Ayuk. You want I me mean, to go through it? Well, as someone that owns Ayuk, I think he's a. Star, I, I think I texted you the other night after he had a nice little game for the Niners. There, I think he's back to a stardom every week kind of guy. Yeah, I'm just kind of putting this out there because there are probably guaranteed there are people out there that are like, oh, I don't know how to feel about Brandon Ayuk still. It's only been one week. What do I think? Well, I want to say welcome back. After being a backup in week one and a limited starter in week two, he came back in week three and put up 37 yards and a touchdown on four catches and six targets. He played 85% of the offensive snaps in that game against Green Bay. I think he's easily coming back and he's an easy startable wide receiver two every single week with wide receiver one upside. Yeah, he's he's on the up now. He's gonna the targets are gonna continue to grow for him. The Debo targets are gonna go down. They just are. Ayuk's a better receiver. He has better hands. Although that catch that Ayuk made, or not Ayuk, that Debo made the other night. Wow, that was incredible. But and Kittle is starting to remake himself into that in that 49ers offense. Yeah, so and Debo if Kittle's fall off if Kittle more. plays better, Ayuk's field will open up and they'll target him more he just wasn't healthy for a couple weeks and especially against Seattle this week expect a lot of passing they Seattle can't stop anything so a good call on your part so for my first wide receiver that I have as a stardom I have Jacoby Myers against the Tampa defense the Tampa Bay defense has allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season Jacoby Myers is clearly the most targeted wide receiver in the Patriots offense I fully expect that to be a shootout hopefully Jacoby Myers can find the end zone, but if you're in PPR especially, he should be starting as a flex for you. High-end flex, low-end wide receiver too. And if it's not, even if it's not PPR, I still would be starting him. I He had 96 yards this week. I can see that continuing for him. My second one is Emmanuel Sanders against Houston, another Bills player against the Houston Texans. The Panthers wide receivers shredded Houston last week. DJ Moore was all over the field. Terrace Marshall was all over the field. Robbie Anderson only had one catch. Then they had that but, Zilstra kid had a couple grabs. So, before I let you finish, I did kind of want to talk about Robbie Anderson in the slightest bit on this episode, so I'll do it now now that you mentioned Oh, sure. Go ahead. 30 seconds. Robbie Anderson, if you go back and look up games, which I have because I like Robbie Anderson. If you go and look up games... Poor man's Robert Woods. He's right? a poor man, Robert Woods, and which, I had them both. Which both is going so well for you this year. I don't have him now. I have Calvin really now. We're good. Robbie Anderson is open a lot of the times. It's just the fact that Sam Darnold loves DJ Moore, and DJ Moore is open more times than more times than not. So Sam Darnold can just throw him the ball. Defenses are going to start locking down DJ Moore like they did at the beginning of last year when Robbie Anderson had had his boom breakout like seven weeks in a row. I don't think Robbie Anderson is ever going to be that boom boom guy like he was last year because he's still being targeted by defenses. But I think he will break out in the weeks to come and be a viable wide receiver to start. That's all I want to say. You can go go more into your stardom. Well, I just would say that Houston got shredded last week and Emmanuel Sanders clearly is the number two wide receiver option in the Bills offense. They should be looking to throw quite a bit in this game. I would just be starting Sanders unquestionably as at least a flex, if not wide receiver too. Okay. Is that it for your stardoms? You that is, two? I only have two stardoms this week. I think for the most part, you want to go with your regular starters. There's not really a ton of bench guys that potentially could be 
flex plays for you that normally wouldn't be. You know, I, I think that for the most part this week, the matchups are what they are. There's really not a whole lot of variance in them. All right, and on to the sit I have Damian Harris. Although he had a great start to the season in week one and two, he had a very brutal showing in week three against the... Yeah, can I just refute the he had a bad week in week three? He didn't play a whole lot because he had bruised ribs, so he missed quite a bit of the game because he was injured. But I would still sit him this week against Tampa's run defense, so I agree with you on that part. But as far as for the rest of the season, I wouldn't give up on Damian Harris. He's still going to be really successful. In week three, he played the most difficult defense he had played against thus far. He had 11 yards on only eight touches and plays a much better defense this week than he did last in the Buccaneers. And the Bucs have allowed only 57 yards on the ground this year to running backs. That's total. Harris is just a guy that will better serve you on your bench this week. Look for future weeks to come. Patriots guy, what's their schedule on the weeks to come? Do you know? I, I mean, I, I've really just been focused on this for week four. I, <laughs> I think they have Dallas in week five, and then weeks, they week have, eight, they, they have, have Houston, the Chargers. They have Houston in week five. So that's that might okay, be the Houston game week for him. five. That's yep, what it is. Dallas in week six, and then the Jets and the Chargers in week seven and eight, and those are two very good starts for Damian Harris. So just look towards the future for Damian Harris. Don't try to drop him. Just he's more of a bench play for the next few weeks for me. And then my second sit him, I have Tyson Williams of the Baltimore Ravens. After being a top twenty running back the first two weeks in a row, he came out and only carried the ball five times for twenty two yards last week, and was out carried by his co running back Latavius Murray with seven carries. Could have just been a week uh, week three fluke, but I'm not risking finding that out in week four against the Broncos, who have allowed the second fewest points to running back so far this year. He's a bench play for me until he proves himself again that Latavius Murray isn't going to start eating to his carries more. My first sit is going to be Saquon Barkley, and I wouldn't say that this is a true you-must-sit-this-guy, but I think that this is a cautious play if you do start him. He's playing against the Saints this week who have dominated in the run game. They slowed down Aaron Jones week one. They really held Christian McCaffrey to low rushing yards. He still had his receiving yards in week two, but the rushing yards were low. And I know that Saquon is a really good pass catcher, but the Giants' offensive line is really bad, as opposed to where the Panthers' offensive line is pretty solid. I would say that if you have better options at the running back spot, if you have someone that might be a little bit frisky in week two, I might look to go somewhere else other than Saquon. The the Saints blitzed on 40% of their plays this season so far. That is not a big success for screen passes for Saquon or for rushing attempts for Saquon. I would probably look to go somewhere else with him. My second sit is Brandon Cooks. So I have two players involved in that Bills-Houston game. I would just be sitting Brandon Cooks. McLaurin was terrible against the Bills. I think he had six six or seven catches for 62 yards. That's not good enough. He's obviously better than Brandon Cooks, and if Davis Mills is the quarterback for the Houston Texans, expect him to have a long day against a really aggressive Bills secondary and front four, to be honest. So I would be sitting Brandon Cooks. Do not expect him to have the success that he has so far had this season. It's It's just a long shot for me with him. Yeah, I like I like both of yours. I like both of mine, and I think we've been pretty accurate with our start and sit-ems thus far. I think we've I a- I had a rough one last week. I said Sterling Shepard, and then he got hurt, but that's not really my fault. I mean, he got hurt. I can't yeah, you help made that one. Sterling Shepard in one of my leagues. Oh, not my fault. 
I will I will just say, like again, I feel like I'm talking to a wall. I say this every single week. But guys, we are just loving doing this. This is so much fun. This is just our Monday, Tuesday ritual. If you are only listening to our fantasy podcast and you just like sports in general, right now it's mainly football for our our main episode that we release on Tuesday. But eventually, like we talked about soccer once one time. If you like soccer, go listen to that. Just be prepared for baseball. Playoffs are coming up. Basketball. NBA season is about to start about here, to so start. we're going to be doing a preview pretty soon. We're both trying to learn about hockey to maybe talk about that just a little bit. Probably not because we're both kind of dumb in that aspect, but we just love doing this. These are just Monday, Tuesday definite plans, and we, we are just having the most fun. Follow us on Twitter at Highly Undisputed. That is Highly Undisputed without the E. That's just like our, our main plug. I love it. Both of our personal Twitters in the bio of that account. Send us an email at HighlyUndisputed247 at gmail.com. Tell us we suck if you want to. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Any questions, fantasy-related or not, whether you just want to know more about us, just send us some questions. Let us know how you're feeling. Again, guys, we're loving doing this. I don't know how you feel, but I love it. I mean, I I love doing this every week. Uh, I just want to say good luck to everybody going into week four. Hopefully, you have some success. Hopefully, we've steered you on a couple good tracks this season. Hopefully, we haven't completely screwed you. I think we've been pretty good so far. I, I think we've had a couple stardom sitems that weren't crazy, but nothing that should have killed anybody. So, you know, keep listening. I definitely take my... You know, I take getting this info serious. I do a lot of work trying to find out, you know, percentages and who's available, who should be picked up. And hopefully you guys can take advantage of that. I know I have on my own dime just, oh, hey, I've done all this research. Might as well take advantage of it. Yeah. Again, guys, we'll see you next week for the next Fantasy Football Podcast. Later.